0: Hello everybody and welcome to Iceberg To Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. We are closing in on one month into the 2023-24 NHL season and the Penguins find themselves at the bottom of the barrel. They are in dead last in the NHL's Eastern Conference as we move from October to to November, nine games in for the Pittsburgh Penguins, not where anybody expected them to be sitting at 3-6-0 and on this young season. It's coming to a point now where, with nine games, we have enough of a sample size to look at individual players and how they've performed and what they've been able to do through the opening weeks of this season. And while there has been a lot of negatives, we talked about that. Monday evening, following the the Ducks' loss. We talked about that yesterday on a full episode of the Tip of the Iceberg, so if you want to know all the deficiencies that the Penguins have shown over the past week or so, go back to those episodes, and we we cover them pretty in-depth. But today I do want to focus on a positive, because it hasn't been all negative through nine games. The Penguins defensively, according to a lot of metrics, have actually been pretty decent. They lead the league in expected goals percentage at 58.14%. Now, I, I know what you're thinking. They haven't converted on all those expected goals. They've only won three games. They're not scoring at a clip that you would expect from a team with all this talent. But it still goes to show that they're creating opportunities while not allowing nearly as many. Leading the league in that category. 11th in the NHL in expected goals against per 60 minutes which means the chances they're given up are few and far between. Now, goaltending is another issue. We've talked about that this week. I'm sure we'll continue to talk about that, but not today. They are sixth in the NHL in shots allowed per game, allowing less than 30 shots per game at 28.8, sixth in the NHL. So pretty good defensive numbers despite the slow start. And a lot of that is due to the performance of Chris Letang. Letang is playing in a new role this year. Everybody is aware of that. Because another alpha has joined the blue line in Eric Carlson. And you expect that Chris Latang's role was going to change. Chris Latang expected that his role was going to change. The second that that deal went down in the first weekend of August, everybody knew that this is going to be a different version of Chris Letang that we see this season. Despite that fact, Letang is still averaging similar ice time to last season. Last year, he averaged 24 minutes and 51 seconds. This season, through 9 games, he's averaging 24 minutes and 27 seconds. So a slight decline. But really, he's being deployed the same amount of minutes. He's also playing a more refined game in his own zone. That's the one major takeaway that I've had of Chris Letang through 9 games. Way more easy passes, way less risky passes. He has only three giveaways through nine games, which is an average of 0.3 turnovers per game. Last year, he had 0.95. That is a drastic drop, and I get, it's only nine games. but That is a drastic drop, especially considering the fact that not only is he still playing the same amount of time in total every single night, He's also playing a lot more on the penalty kill. He hasn't had a single giveaway on the penalty kill yet this season. So I feel like not only is he playing a little bit better in general, I think in his own zone, he's playing much better than we have seen from him in a very long time. The main thing that has been affected for Chris Letang is his special teams deployment. He's been deployed on the second power play unit. With Carlson coming in and taking the power play quarterback position on the top unit, this is the first time Latang has not manned the top power play since 2010 when Sergei Gonchar left. And even then, he was on the top power play, but he was just on the left flank. So this is the first time he hasn't quarterbacked the Penguins' top power play. Okay, more importantly, and I mentioned this already, he's playing a lot of time on the penalty kill. He's played a grand total of 60 minutes last season on the PK. Through 64 games, he played 60 minutes at the man disadvantage. He's already played 22 this year. 22 minutes through 9 games. He's played 33% of the time that he did last season through way less than average when it comes to what he did last year on the penalty kill. He's tied for second on the Pittsburgh Penguins when it comes to defensemen on the penalty kill in ice time, and he's been on ice for two of the Penguins' five goals allowed on the man disadvantage. For all intents and purposes, Chris Letang has been really good on that unit as well. So, a lot of these new roles, a lot of these new situations that Chris Letang has found himself in, he's looked Impressive. Now, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, as goes with the rest of the team. There are mistakes, there are flaws, there are issues in Chris Latang's game that you're hoping that he's able to figure out. Part of that is his point production. He's in a new role, he's not playing on the power play, so you take away all those opportunities for him. But he still has zero goals and five assists this season through nine games. He's on pace for 46 points this season, which would be his lowest points per game total since the 2009-2010 season. That's an area where, yes, the Penguins went out and they got Eric Carlson. Yes, they're counting on Eric Carlson to be able to produce more points than they've gotten from, from Chris Letang. Chris Letang has been a point production, production defenseman throughout his entire career, but Carlson has a different level to him, which is why the Penguins brought him in. Okay, but you still need Chris Letang to go out there and produce. You don't want to just add Eric Carlson to what Chris Letang did and have Chris Letang regress when it comes to point production. You need him to find his footing. So that's one area where I want to see Chris Letang get on the score sheet a little bit more often. I understand that he's more worried right now about protecting his own zone, about being better in his own zone, and he's done that very well. But the Penguins still need Chris Letang to be Chris Letang if they want this to work. So you need to see him get a little bit more aggressive in the offensive zone. And the other area that I think needs work on, and I think it is a working progress, and I don't think that it was expected that these two were going to mesh instantaneously, is his, his chemistry with Ryan Graves. They created, and by they, I mean Ryan Graves has created way too many turnovers in the early going, and it seems like there's a little bit of friction there not friction in the personality sense, not friction in the off-ice sense, just friction in the flow of the game between the two of these, the, these two defensemen. You know, it started to look better as time has gone on, but you could tell in game 1 that there was a lot that these two had to work through against the Chicago Blackhawks. Ryan Graves, while brought in to be the next Brian Dumlin for this team is not Brian Dumlin. There's not that innate defensive structural presence that Brian Doomlin brought when he was in his prime. So there's gonna be a give and take there. You know, a little bit more talent, a little bit more ability at this stage of his career for Ryan Graves over Brian Doomlin, but the chemistry needs to be built up. And you've seen it get a little bit better as time has gone on, but you need to see it continue to take more steps forward because it's not quite where you want it to be for a first pairing on your on your blue line. So those are the two big areas. I want to see more point production, and I want to see that chemistry grow a little bit more with Ryan Graves. On a team of a lot of new faces, though, Letang was the player whose role was most changed. It was most affected through all these changes this offseason. Sidney Crosby, he's still playing with Brian Rust and Jake Gensel, and other than Eric Carlson, he's playing with the same exact power play unit. Evgeny Malkin still has Ricard Raquel on his right side, and honestly, yeah, it changed a little bit having Riley Smith on the left side, but it was an improvement, and that chemistry, again, if we saw the same chemistry or similar chemistry between Latang and Graves, this wouldn't be as big of a question, but Malkin, fortunately for him, and fortunately for the Penguins, has had immediate chemistry and immediate meshing of the game styles and the gameplay with Riley Smith. Letang just hasn't had that with Ryan Graves. So of all the players on this team, Chris Letang's game has changed the most. At least his role on the team has changed the most. And yet, he's looked pretty good through the first month. It's something that I don't see a lot of people mentioning because he's doing a lot more things that a stay-at-home defenseman does. You don't want to be noticeable on the ice. There has been times where you say, okay, well, Chris Letang is just going about his business, making the smart play, making a defensive play, shutting things down, and moving on to the next shift. That's something different for him, and that's something that deserves recognition. But I expect that he's going to start to ramp up the offense. As he gets more and more comfortable with Ryan Graves, as he gets more and more of an understanding of how Graves is going to react when he steps up in the play when he pinches aggressively when he makes that play to try to go in and get that assist down low or get that goal down low or pinch down and keep the puck going keep the rotation going in the offensive zone when he has a better understanding of what's going to be next to him and what's going to be behind him and Ryan Graves I think you're going to see him get more aggressive and I think you're going to see that point production start to slowly get back to where we expect it to be for for Chris Letang my only hope my only hope is that with that progression of his point production and that progression of his chemistry with Ryan Graves, he doesn't lose what he has already captured in this first month of the season when it comes to the defensive zone. When it comes to protecting the puck. When it comes to making the easy outlet pass instead of trying to make the crazy outlet pass that leads to a breakaway. Yeah, you're going to take risks every once in a while. That's Chris Latang's game that's inherent. But what we've seen in this first month is a responsibility with the puck that we haven't seen from Chris Letang throughout most of his career. He's played well. You hope that continues, and you hope that he can round out his game and really flourish in this new role. I think he's been impressive. I wouldn't say he's flourished in this new role. I would say anybody on the Penguins has really flourished so far this season. When you're 3-6, and six, it's hard to use that you know, adjective to describe anything on the team. But I've been impressed with Chris Letang to this point of the season, and I think that's something that deserved a little bit of recognition in a week where we're gonna we're gonna crap on this team a lot because of where they're at. It's one positive coming out of the, of October, one of a few, but one that I did want to talk about on today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and remember you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from.